Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Uh, focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette and today I'm chatting to Sarah Callahan. She's a comedian and writer. She's written poetry, books, The Ballad, and From Ashes We Rise. Her new show, Revolting, is coming soon. We're going to be talking about depression, comedy, and all things Christmas and New Year. So, it's a big question to start off with, but how have you been getting on over the past year? Um, Up and down. Up and down. Like I think um, creatively, very well, because it's just given me the time to be able to concentrate on projects and put stuff out there and make videos and write and whatever but yeah mentally yeah up and down for obvious reasons like not earning any money yeah how's the pandemic affected your work and and plans because I mean I would have thought sort of comedy and poetry is sort of kind of difficult careers to have at the best of times but especially this past year Mm-mm. yeah I mean it's ruined it's ruined everything um t- it took all my work away and um, I was working towards uh, like a show for Edinburgh as well and then Edinburgh got cancelled and you sort of kind of uh, in the comedy part of my life you you base your whole year around Edinburgh so you take that away it's a bit like oh okay um and then all the other little gigs go in and I'm not even though I'm young I'm not really into I never used to like upload like videos I never used to make funny videos I'm not like big on the whole computer thing. So I had to kind of get used to like doing like Zoom gigs and all that. So that was like a huge change for me. Oh, um, Zoom gigs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally understand about Edinburgh. I mean, I love the, the Edinburgh Fringe. I go up every year with friends and even just as, you know, as audience members, just we really missed it. You know, my, my mm-hmm. whole friendship group, because it was something we usually do every year together as a group. And yeah, we really sad it wasn't on. I mean, it, obviously it couldn't be on. But how did you find the Zoom gigs? Like, was it a really different atmosphere? Like, how did you 
Yeah, how was that? Well, I I didn't want to do them at first. I was very adamant, like, no, you know, you need, and I still do believe you need an audience for comedy because half of it is, you know, what, like the energy they give off, you feed off that, you know what I mean? So I think how can you do comedy on a screen? But then I got offered a few paid ones and obviously money is tight in it. So I'd been stupid to turn them down. So I, I took them and I was really nervous. I was like so nervous, like it was my first ever gig. And um, but what it was cool was say there was like 50 people on the Zoom, 10, 10 of them would have their mics off. So actually they would laugh. So you did have some interaction there. So um, it did feel it, it actually was a lot nicer than I expected. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I wouldn't want to do it all the time, but um, the ones that I have done have been actually really nice. Oh, good. Did you have to kind of tailor your routine a bit or did you bring in any other things like, I don't know, visual stuff that you might not have done before? Did, did things change in that way? No, I mean, I kept it pretty the same, to be honest. Um, I know it's like so many comedians are referencing the pandemic. So it's like, I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. And um, I had a lot of material from a new show that I'm doing that a lot of people hadn't heard before. So I was just kind of practicing that really and getting that out there. But it was nice because, and I don't usually do this at gigs, but at the end, just for something different, I I would do like a poem or like a poem poem. uh, accompanied with music just to add a little little something different in it and 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 they the audiences really liked it so it they were good in that respect it gave me a bit more freedom to be more experimental which I probably wouldn't have done in a live show because um, mm. I don't I don't like to mix the two art forms like that I like to keep them quite separate but in a zoom gig it's pretty much like okay well anything goes so it's quite fun and it must be fairly handy if you wanted to say record your your zoom gig and then watch it back and see maybe what worked and and yeah, exactly. Stuff. So you kind of touched on it earlier, but um, how has it been in the pandemic in terms of your mental health? Because I know in your poetry, you've sort of you've talked about depression and um, anxiety and stuff in the past. How's it been the past year for that? Yeah, I mean, I'm generally quite good, um, just because I have just been completely immersing myself in art, in every type of art that you can possibly imagine. I've just been trying to just get as creative as I can and self-expressing in those ways. But um, I think it's, I've had two like proper breakdowns this year, which is pretty good going to be honest, but they took me to quite dark places. I think, cause you start having this sort of existential crisis of what's my purpose. You know, what has the last 10 years for me meant now? You know what I mean? Like I worked so hard for 10 years to get my career to a state where I was doing comedy full time and, earning a good wage off it. I got into the clubs I wanted to get into, you know, I was, I was, I was, had these goals I was working towards and for it all to be taken away and potentially never, ever come back. If I think about it too much, it chucks me in a spin of like, what's the point, you know, and feeling like you've wasted time and I'm 30 next year. So I think the impending doom of that was getting to me. And But um, you've just got to really just snap yourself out of it and just concentrate on, on the positives and show gratitude for the things that are good in your life and there is a lot of good in life you know so um yeah, yeah it was the it was yeah two two very dark periods over this last year but the rest of it has been it's been all right I think everyone's I mean found this year really hard and I think it's sort of yeah. people who haven't had some sort of existential crisis over yeah. the past year are really in the minority um and there must be so many performers not just comedians but in all different sort of fields that have you know, have similar sort of feelings about, you know, they've built up their careers and then because I suppose people don't know now what's going to happen around sort of music stuff and clubs and exactly. yeah, and pubs and things. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but as you said, you've I've it's, I've seen sort of on your website you've kind of branched out a bit. You've done sort of some music stuff. Um, you've got the spoken word poetry. You've obviously you've got your writing, and you've got the comedy. So it does seem like you've, like you say, you've pulled that sort of creative your creative talents into into new things, and may, and it's kind of given you an impetus to to do stuff online as well. Yeah, it's pushed me in a good way, I think. Yeah, there's, there's actually, like, obviously this year's been terrible, but there's actually been so many good things to come out of it, I think, for creatives and people kind of... Because we've been forced to step out of our comfort zones, um, which actually, that's that's when the magic happens. So I think it's actually been good for quite a lot of people as well. You mentioned just now the, the poems you've written sort of around mental health. Um, what kind of reaction have you had to those when you've performed them, whether it's sort of live or sort of via Zoom? Uh, people people like them people actually it's mad because when I wrote them it was like I didn't really like when you write a joke you write it because you want the reaction of somebody to laugh you Mm. know but when it's like a poem I never because I'm poetry for me is so um, personal I'm not writing it for you I'm not writing it for a reaction I'm, I'm writing it to talk about how I feel you know what I mean so when people respond to it like oh, I felt like that, or I went through something similar, or, oh, my God, it felt like you were talking to me. It's like, it's so um, mind-blowing, isn't it? And especially when it's, like, stuff that's depressing and it really helps people and they really like it and they come up to me after a show and they're talking to me or they're, like, crying because I've touched a, a nerve. Or it's um, It makes you feel amazing because it's like then you don't feel as alone, you know? I think a lot of people think that they're, they're, they're the only ones going through certain things when actually it's more common than you think. And yeah. um, and and that's why talking is so important because then when you realise that oh yeah that you're the same or you know it's um there's a comfort there, um so yeah I mean all the stuff that I've done poetry wise has, has been received really positively which has been um, a shock <laughs> but a nice a nice feeling. In terms of sort of that writing process, do you ever manage to write when you are depressed or is it sort of kind of reflecting afterwards? Because I've sort of found having sort of been through depression that sort of myself. I can't really do anything during that time. And then it's sort of mm-hmm. afterwards you sort of think about it. But I, I'm just wondering what it's like for you. Um, I think it's um, nine times out of ten. Uh, ironically, it's when the, my best work is made. So, like, it's usually when I'm when I'm happy, when I'm in a good place, that I actually get all done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, not that I try and uh, make something bad happen just to give me some... Uh, something to bounce off but um, it's like sometimes I do like if something bad does happen I'm, or I'm, I fall into a bad headspace I just think right well let's let's sit with this feeling and let's kind of pour it into something positive um, but yeah I, I think there's maybe been like one or two times where I've just been so 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 down that I just you know you just want to sleep all day and you don't even want to talk to anyone but um, but most of the time yeah I'll write but it's usually the stuff that I write when I'm really depressed is it's it's too dark for the stage <laughs> it's like it's just like poetry for me you know what I mean mm. but, um, but yeah I'm always always writing it's interesting that you said earlier about you kind of keep the poetry and the the comedy separate usually you sort of merge them this year do you think you'd ever write jokes um on depression or is that sort of that's that's for the the poetry and you know because you have sort of lighter topics in terms of your comedy yeah, definitely. I um the show the show I'm supposed to do this year it's called Revolting and um it was about a really um about a situation I got myself in when I was younger and um kind of had a lot of repercussions and uh in my later life and 
I talk a lot about depression there and I try and make it light and funny and stuff. And um, so, yeah, I've definitely, I was, I was trying to do that before the pandemic happened because uh, obviously humour is such a good way to not only open up a discussion, but to make it lighter and easier to talk about in it. So, um, yeah. yeah and, I, and I love it when, when I watch comedians that do it so beautifully, uh, like they're saying serious stuff, but in such a funny way, you're like, oh, this is wicked. You know, it's so accessible to people that maybe do struggle to talk about their feelings and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. So we'll see, hopefully one day I'll be able to do it and it will be wicked. Yeah. No, I look forward to hearing that because that is, you know, you've sort of got that, this show ready. I'm sure it'll sort of be out soon and you'll be able to perform it. I and... hope so. so we're coming up to Christmas and new year. How are you feeling about that? Are you a well, Christmassy person or are you kind of a, a bit of a Grinch? Um, well, do you know what? <laughs> this is such a shit answer. I'm sorry, but I'm like, I'm sort of in the middle. Like, I don't hate it, but I don't like really love it either. Um, I've always sort of been a bit indifferent about Christmas. Um, I enjoy spending time with my family and, um, but, um, but sorry to bring the show down. My granddad died, uh, uh, almost a year ago last year. Um, so Christmas is a bit different now. Uh, it definitely was last year. Christmas last year was just fast because like he died and then like two weeks later it was Christmas and we're like, oh, okay, like no one was like prepared for it really. It was just like a, like a normal day. So this year we, you know, we've got a bit more time to prepare, but it's, it's still all just like, it's just weird now, isn't it? But the good thing is my brother had, uh, has got a little girl who's two. So it's really nice to have like a little kid around who's excited. So it's kind of all about Heidi, you know, with the presents and we're like, oh, Santa got you stuff. Like, so it's quite nice to pretend to really enjoy it for her sake. Um, <laughs> it's just about the kids now, isn't it? So yeah, I like that. I like that aspect. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss and I'm sure lots of people will be able to relate to that just at the moment because of the year that we've had, people have lost people and they'll be sort of facing their first Christmas without certain loved ones. So, yeah. yeah. But I guess like it's like you said earlier, it's it does help if we can think about like the good things and the positives. And I guess for you, that is um, your niece. Is that? I mean, this year is a bit different because obviously people have been at home a bit more because the pandemic and stuff. But usually it's like Christmas. I just I as cliche as it sounds, it's um, I just love spending time with my family and just us all being in the same room, being able to eat together, crack a joke, you know, have a drink and whatever. Um, that for me is the thing that I like the most. And um, I, uh, I feel like um because we as a family we stopped doing presents like quite a while ago and I feel like since we've done that then the present is the presence of the family in it you know what I mean and it's you do start to be a bit more grateful for that which is nice um why did you decide to stop doing presents because basically I mean we're all broke and we could never really get each other what what we wanted anyway you know what I mean like nothing's ever surprised. It's like, oh, what do you want? What do you need? Oh, I need a new kettle. Right, I'll get you that. You open it. Oh, thanks for the kettle. So it's just like, it's shit anyway. There's like, there's no surprise. And, you know, it's just, it, we'd rather just um, spend money on doing things together. So like my granddad, like we'd, we'd go out for like a meal and he'd pay for it. So it's like, that's the present. But it's like, we've all gained from it. And, you know, we've all spent time together as well, you know, so just things like that um yeah just actual gifts like maybe like little gifts we might give but nothing nothing big it's just pointless you know it's just more stuff yeah you're so right that I mean it's about sort of the people you're spending time with and um they're the the presents really um but yeah I hadn't really thought about that like that but yeah I guess there can be a lot of waste and stuff and even if you do know what to get somebody 
then you know might you not you might not get the brand that they want anyway or you know they might have got one from someone else yeah I'm just sick as well of like feeling guilty for being a bitch because like someone would get me something <laughs> someone would get me something and in my head I'm thinking this is shit this is not what I want why have you got me this and then having to be like, oh thank you you know because it's like I know you've got people like it but I hate being fake you know I pride myself on just being real but then there's a fine line being real and being rude so I'm like it's like you're you're, you're putting me in a compromising position here but um so, yeah. I know what you mean, I though. I definitely know what you mean because, like, in, I've got to the point with presents, to be honest, now, where I'm just really, really specific, and it's taken to sort mm-hmm. of being nearly forty to this. So you can't because you can't just say that you'd like some bath stuff because if you do that, they get some horrible stuff that you're allergic, stuff. yeah, yeah or something exactly. that you're allergic to, or you just don't like or can't use or something. Mm-hmm. So, but then you're right. Then it's like saying with the kettle thing because then there's no surprise element to it either. So it's yeah. What's the point? You might as well just go out and buy it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid so that's why we were just like look let's just no presents in it let's just make it easier nothing no, no presents but yeah um, what are your feelings about new year I, i've got a feeling you've got opinions about new year <laughs> i like new year do you know what i actually um i like new year more than christmas because i i, I'm, I, I love thinking deep like you know thinking about the year that's gone by and what am i going to do in the future and like I love just having those conversations, just getting pissed and having junk conversations like that, basically. And, you know, just fresh start, moving into a new year. I, I just, I like it. Um, and I, I started getting into a habit of going to a different country every New Year's. So I went to Amsterdam one time. I went to New York one time. I was in Madrid for one time. I went to Budapest one time. I did Hogmanay in Edinburgh. I wanted to go to Australia. Like, I'm just, I just like spending New Year's in a because they all celebrate it, like, in the same way, but different ways. You know what I mean? That is um, such a great idea. I mean, yeah, not, not at the moment, but, yeah. <laughs> but for the future, and, uh, I can't believe that I haven't thought about that because I love yeah. traveling. That's and, such and, a great idea. So you see a new place and then obviously when it's like 10, 9, 8, you're going into a new year in a new in a, in a country, you get to do fun things the next day. You know, it's just like, it's just good, isn't it? But um, I uh, we went to New York one time. So this was 2014. I was in New York. And I've been to New York about five times, but never for like Christmas. So I was so excited because, you know, Americans, they go mad for Christmas. Yeah. The Christmas trees, all the lights and everything. It was actually the first time in my adult life I was actually getting excited. Like every time I'd go out in the street, you'd hear music. There's like horse-drawn carriages and that. I was just like, oh, my God, it's like being in one of the films. And um, it was just really nice. Anyway, we went Times Square for the countdown. So we're packed in the square, right? Literally, like there's a guy pressed up against my face someone pressed into my back and we're staring up at the ball they've got this ball that drops right and it's all like glittery and stuff so we're like 10 9 8 and it's like it starts to go down a little bit slowly and then it gets halfway three two one and nothing happens nothing happens right the whole crowd is silent no one even cheers and i'm like is this was that supposed to happen? So and this guy behind me was just like, no, it's supposed to like explode and there's fireworks go off and music plays, but I think it's broken. I'm like, what the fuck? So then everyone's like bursting out into chit chatter, like going mad, like this hasn't happened in 30 years. I, I've never known this. To-. And I'm there like with my camera phone. So I was just like, oh, I'll put the phone away, innit? Because this is shit. I am, I'm, all I'm getting on camera is nothing. I put the phone away. I turn around to my mate. Anyway, bang, big explosion, 
fireworks go off, everyone's screaming, drinks flying everywhere. I just put the phone down, so I didn't even capture it on camera. I was like, fucking hell. It was 10 minutes after the countdown as well. I was like, this is shit. It was mad. It was just an absolute disaster. But So, yeah, uh, I think we jinxed it. <laughs> Have you thought about New Year's resolutions for this year, or are you not a resolutions person? Nah. Do you know what? Nah. No, because because I I just like to set goals like throughout the year and then do them throughout the year. I think if you put a lot of pressure, like oh you have to, because everyone there's a like a, a statistic in it. Like by February, mid February, everyone's everyone's back smoking, back eating shit, and they've cancelled. You know they're not doing any of their resolutions in it. So I'm I'm just I like to I like to do it a different way. I'm like I'm going to start my resolutions in March, and then do it for the rest of the year from there. So I give myself mm-hmm. two months to still be naughty. You know what I mean? So tell us in general, so what have you got planned in terms of work and sort of, um, well, it's not not really like resolutions, but yeah, what have you got coming up in um, 2021? I mean, at the moment, you've got two books out, The Ballad and From Ashes We Rise, and you've got your show Revolting coming soon. So I um, I released my third book a couple of weeks ago uh, called uh, Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain. It's the third installment of the trilogy of the two other books that I have really had out. So that, that I've been selling that. I've been doing a lot of orders for that, which has been really nice and getting a lot of nice feedback. I'm also releasing another EP called the Alphabet EP, which is basically uh, music, like positive affirmations, like really good tunes. I've got a, a collaborate with a guy called Joe Jury, who is like a, like a, it's like a pop artist. He sings, he does a lot of like melancholy stuff as well. And he produced it and there's a lot of like strings and jazzy elements to it. It's really, really nice. Like music that you would listen to like in the car or if you're in the bath or, you know, just at home, just, it's just nice, feel good music. So that's coming out uh, before Christmas. I, I don't know the exact date, but definitely before Christmas. Um, and then uh, I want to, I'm going to tour that next year. And then I'm going to obviously try and work on my comedy show Revolting. Um, I don't think Edinburgh is going to happen again next year, but I want to try and put it on somewhere um, if, if I can. Mm-hmm. So that's going on. And um, I've, I'm also working on a sketch show with a comedian called Tanya Moore. So we've done a few little teasers for that, but we're filming the rest of the sketches next week. And then that'll be out in 2021 as well. It's called The Callamore Sketch Show. So I've got that going on and I'm writing another book. And um, yeah, I'm working on loads of bits and bobs. Brilliant. So it should, should be exciting. I'm just going to just keep going like a train and just keep creating and putting stuff out and seeing, seeing what happens. That sounds amazing. Um, sounds like you're a real force. Um, with um, <laughs> when you said about a train, I thought, yeah, that sort of sounds like it. It said all these sort of things going on and keep going, going, going. Um, yeah. With the affirmations thing, that sounds interesting. So, how do you? Mm. So, do you take them from places like quotes, or do you come up with them yourself? Or like, how does that work? No, nah, it's all. It's all. So it's all my own poems. Um, but I just wanted to because I got an EP out already, which I released last year called Jacob's Ladder, and that was kind of like five tracks. Um, all sort of different styles, but it's like a story. I took you on a bit of a journey uh, from the dark into the light of my own personal journey. Whereas this, I wanted to uh, t- take it outward. So it's about it's about the listener, you know, and and kind of especially during this year, it's been so heavy for a lot of people. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, give them something to feel positive about because there are so many good things that we can focus on. So yeah, just it's just all the things that I've sort of like read and learned about and just put in my own way and then added real cool music to it and nice choruses and lovely instrumentals and stuff so I'm I'm really really happy with it I finished only finished recording it like 
about three days ago. So it's just being mastered at the moment, and then uh, and then it'll be out before Christmas. So hopefully, I'm hoping people really get something positive from it. Um, just to finish up now, do you have a favourite Christmas cracker joke? And if so, would you like to share it with us? Yeah, I'll share it with you. Um, how much does a Cockney spend on shampoo? I don't know. How much does a Cockney spend on shampoo? Pantene. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. <laughs> that's, no, that's really good. These these are great. I'm gonna, Yeah, I'm going to make a note of that. I might take that out at Christmas because yeah, it's a clean it. one. Like we had, we've had other comics on and we've had a bit of sort of blue humour and stuff. Yeah. And I was, I was like, oh, that's funny, but I can't say that at Christmas because the kids yeah. are about and, you know, but yeah, I can, I can do that one probably. <laughs> do a very bad just, Cockney accent. But yeah. is, is, is this just your trick to uh, gain all the best cracker jokes <laughs> that you can say it to your family? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Rada. Welcome back to Mentally Yours. It's New Year's Eve. Uh, if I had one of those streamer things, I'd turn in the air and I'd blow a... Whatever they're called, I blow that. Sort of I know those paper horn things. I can't seem to. Get I know what you mean. I don't know what they're called, but I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> wearing silly hats, wearing all the glitter. Um, it's a bit of a strange one this year, isn't it? New Year's Eve, because you know I don't know if people will be going out or attempting to go out or doing Zoom parties or what. Um, yeah. But you've come back to have a little chat to us about um, people in terms of how they can look after their mental health, a bit of self care. What are your thoughts on today? Yeah, so New Year's Eve, I think, is one of those nights when to, I, th- I get a feeling that majority of people don't actually enjoy New Year's Eve, but they just say that they do or they have to um, pretend that they do. I might be wrong, but from all the people that I know, they actually don't really enjoy New Year's Eve that much. And I think that's because of the sort of pressure that comes with it. That mm, kind of pressure. Sense, yeah, that sense of at, at midnight, you know, you should be full of joy and celebration and, and, and actually kind of really looking forward to the following year and you have to be having fun and you have to be feeling like you're in the party mood. And, and I think not a lot of people really get the link between those two things. Cause I suppose new year really is a bit of an enforced idea, isn't it? It's like, well, you know, this is the end of the year. And then the next day is that the following years and we expect these big changes. Suddenly we expect this, everything to be different and everything to be new and start afresh. But actually, you know, it literally is just, you know, one, one minute past midnight or one second past midnight. So it's, not, it's, it's a kind of a, a strange concept. Um, this year, I think even more so because, you know, I think on New Year's Eve, there's that space and that time where we sit down and we all think, even if we believe in sort of New Year's Eve or we don't, we all sit there and think, what have I done this year? What has this year been like? What's happened this year? Have I achieved what I wanted to achieve? Is my life different from a year ago? And that can be really hard, but especially this year, obviously with all the difficulties that have gone on, people have lost loved ones, lost um, jobs, you know, finances are difficult, relationships might have broken down. So it's really, I think, there's even more of a space for sitting there and thinking about all those things. And again, if we haven't got the support around us or we're not in a great space, then that can be very, very challenging. And we can also feel really lonely with that, especially if we have the idea that everyone else is fine and everyone else is enjoying themselves. We can feel really alone. So I think loneliness is a really big thing. And I think also feelings of 
sort of sadness about the year that's just gone past and perhaps people that we miss who are not with us anymore. So I would really say to everyone, please be gentle, really gentle with yourself this New Year's Eve. Do whatever is going to make you feel good. If that's going to bed early um, and getting under the duvet, then do that. If it's having a bath, do that. If it's staying up till midnight, then do that. But whatever it is, make sure it's the best thing for you and not you're not doing it because someone else is making you feel like you should. But also, even more important, reach out for support. Tell someone how you're feeling. If you're feeling low, if you're feeling sad, then just pick up one person who you trust, who you know you can chat to, and please reach out and don't be on your own with those feelings either. Thank you so much. That's great advice. Yeah, it can be. There's so much pressure around that night to, like you say, be have lots of fun or I mean for me personally that is a night I always kind of start thinking about relationships and stuff Mm -hmm. I mean you can't have the usual nights about maybe kissing someone at midnight unless you're living with them so it's a generally a whole strange thing but yeah it's so important isn't it like you say to just pick up the phone or send someone a text or just kind of keep in contact I think because it can be quite a, a difficult night at the best of times yeah, mm. absolutely. I think I think really being gentle yourself, being kind, and also just not not judging yourself. If you if you want to go to bed at seven thirty, then you do that. If that's going to help you, that's absolutely fine. If you want to um, put in earplugs and and ignore all the no- all the noise, I, I don't think there will be necessarily fireworks, but who knows? But some some years, you know, we don't feel like doing that. We don't feel um, like we are in that kind of mode and that that kind of vibe of that and that's absolutely fine I think the the problems come when we try to force ourselves to feel a certain way and we're just not feeling that so you just be kind to yourself be gentle and do whatever is going to comfort you I think today brilliant thank you if the listeners would like to find out more about um, what you're up to and trying to follow you on social uh, where can they find you please yeah, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and I'm also heard a lot on BBC Radio 1 as well. So this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours, mentally yours. Mentally yours. If you've been affected by any of the things we've been chatting about today, give the Samaritans a ring. You can call them on 116-123 or you can find them online at samaritans.org. If you've liked today's episode, please give us a rate and review on iTunes and come join us on Facebook. We have a group called Mentally Yours and on Twitter we're Mentally Yours spelt Y-R-S. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.